quick reminder, the host of this show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. Guests on the show may be clients of Mach 1 Financial Group and comments should not be taken as an endorsement or testimonial of the firm. Comments are the sole opinion of the speaker and do not reflect the opinion of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only and nothing said on the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. Hello and welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, taxes, and everything related to your money. This is Mike Frost and here today on the podcast, we'll welcome a special guest and a local business owner. But first of all, let's welcome to the podcast, Matt, our Senior Vice President. Matt, how's it going today? Excellent. Happy to be here. Great. And of course, we couldn't do without Natalie, our producer and marketing director. How's it going, Natalie? Going great. All right. Okay. For our special guest today, you guys are in for a treat. Um, Our special guest today is a wife, a mother of two young ladies, and a local business owner. She's very busy, as you can tell. So please welcome to the podcast, Melissa Massey. Yay! (laughs) Woo! Okay. (laughs) Melissa's co-owner of Bird & Massey, Certified Public Accounting Incorporated. They're up in Bella Vista. They've been in business since 1996. Uh, they've won the Best of the Best Award in 2018 and 2019 for Best Accounting Firm and Best Tax Services. Melissa participates with Mach 1 doing seminars on taxes, tithes, and Social Security. We're happy to have her expertise at those seminars. Uh, she is currently accepting new clients, and their contact information will be provided at the end of the podcast, and there will be in the show notes. So if you want to get a hold of Melissa, she'll be happy to talk with you. Full disclosure, though, Melissa is my personal CPA, and we also attend church together. So I have a little bit of a bias here. So, Melissa, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. All right, Melissa. So let's just get started off. People get to know you a little bit. So how did Melissa Massey end up getting interested in taxes and being a CPA? Well, it started back in high school when I had to make the decision of what I wanted to do. And um, I was interested in business and then wanted to narrow my focus and looked into accounting. And is that when you met your your husband? I met my husband actually in college. We went to different colleges, but we had a mutual friend where he went to school. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. All right. And y'all have lived in the area for how long? 20 Four years. Four years. So you know everything about Northwest Arkansas. All right. Okay. Well, Melissa, we're going to jump right into it. We know that uh, 2020 has been a little crazy. Yes. Uh, We got uh, an extension on doing our taxes this year. I think it was extended to July 15th. Yes. Okay. So now July 15th is passed. So I'm assuming you're just kind of hanging out, not doing much at the office. Is that right? No, that's not right. (laughs) Um, Extensions, the final extension goes to October 15th. And we have you know, plenty of clients who put off um, getting all their tax documents together. So we have still have several of those to do and um, lots of just other corporate returns, business returns, all of that. So you don't do just personal taxes. No. You do payroll for businesses? Yes. Our office, we handle payroll for business clients. We handle financial statements um, for bu- business clients and tax returns. And um, we do contractors license reviews for the some area contractors that have to have that for their licensing requirements. And just as well as um, 
you know, individuals, if you have to refinance your house, the bank's going to want um, your tax returns and additional information usually. Interest rates are extremely low right now, so we've had a lot of um, people needing things for those bank refinances. So. It's interesting you mentioned that, Melissa, because we're going to have a mortgage broker on in a few weeks to talk about refinancing. Okay, that'll so be good. That's a great tie-in. Okay. So you're staying busy regardless of the tax season's yes. over. Yeah. All right. So for those of us that have already fired our, filed our taxes, I mean, you did ours, um, what are a few of the common things that people just forget about or don't do to get prepared to do their taxes? So um, obviously looking into your itemized deductions, which are usually real estate taxes, um, income taxes, and mortgage interest, and medical expenses. Keeping track of all that throughout the year is much more efficient when you gather your tax documents to prepare to get your taxes done. So that's one of the reasons a lot of people put off dealing with their taxes is they're trying to find all these receipts and, and all that. So keeping up with it throughout the year. A note on medical expenses, they do have to be in excess of 7.5% of your adjusted gross income. So for most people, if you don't have a whole lot of medical expenses, it, it's not worth the time to keep track. It probably won't do you much good. If you have a lot of medical expenses, then by all means, keep track of your receipts. And um, giving, with the itemized deductions, the federal um, standard deduction is 24-8 for a married couple this year. It's 12-4 for a single person. Um, there is some tax strategy regarding um, charitable giving. If you want to do more in one year and less in one in the next year to, you know, flip flop between itemized deductions and the standard deduction, there is some planning that can be done in that regard. So on that, uh, you, you, there's a term for that. Is, is it clumping? Is that what you call it? When you put, Poss I don't know, put two years together in one. Yeah. So, for instance, if you want to give, uh, make up a number, five thousand dollars to your church, and you realize that's not going to hit your standard deduction, you might want to wait till January and do ten thousand and put it all into one year versus spread across two yes, years. Yes, that is what I mean. Okay. All right. And still, your charity still gets the same amount. It's just possibly delayed a little. Now, bit. I will say for um, Arkansas residents. The Arkansas standard deduction is only $2,200 a person. So you might not itemize for federal, but you will for Arkansas more than likely. So right. something to keep in mind when you're. So bottom line, keep all your receipts, do it on a regular basis, and you may not need to itemize for federal, but you possibly most likely would itemize for state. Arkansas. Yes. All right. Does okay. that include quick question on the medical? Cause we just went through a big medical event this summer. Um, does that include the seven half percent of income? Does that include the premiums that you're paying for your health insurance? Or would that only include medical expenses above and beyond? Premiums? If you pay your premiums out of pocket, yes. But if they're deducted through your employer's benefit program, no. Gotcha. Cause that's all pre-tax. Right. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. Yep. Matt does have a lot of medical expenses he needs to take care of this year. Yeah, so. I'll be visiting with Melissa. Yeah, there you go. So, Melissa, what do you find the most common questions from clients? I mean, let's just take personal, not business. Let's just do personal. Okay. Um, just understanding income, understanding 
the standard deduction versus itemized deductions and what are write-offs. So those are the main, the main issues that people have. And when you talk about income, <clears throat> we have gross income, we have net income, we have adjusted gross income. So what is the number we should be thinking about? Well, on your, on all the tax documents, you'll have it's taxable income. So taxable income is the amount that you actually pay the tax on. So you have adjusted gross income, which is all the gross, like your taxable wages, any interest and dividend income, IRA income, business income. And then there are some adjustments to that that bring you down to adjusted gross income. So um, like student loan interest deduction is an adjustment. If you pay self-employment taxes, half of the self-employment taxes are an adjustment. So there's a handful of adjustments that can lower your adjusted gross income down to your taxable income. And so as, as you can tell, uh, Melissa's very knowledgeable about the details. And if you attempt to go and do your taxes on your own and all of these pieces that you don't know, you could possibly have some problems. Melissa, I'm assuming you've seen some problems. People come in, maybe have used a... Uh, a well-known tax preparer that didn't quite get into the details, or possibly they've even done TurboTax. Uh, have you seen some common mistakes people have made on their taxes? Yes, we have seen um, lots of mistakes over the years just because the, they don't know, and you don't know what you don't know. So um, we have seen and we have amended you know, several tax returns. And speaking of amendments, so if, if someone has an error on their tax return and you find it, you can actually go back and undo that. And that's what you call an amendment. Yes, you can file. It's a 1040X. It's an amended return. And you just put the correct information on and provide an explanation of why you're amending the return and, and it'll get processed. Is there a time limit you can amend a tax return? There's not a time limit when you can amend. One of the time limits. So every tax return stays open for three years from the due date of the return. If you haven't filed a tax return, now it's 2016 and prior, and you were to file a tax return and you have a refund due, they will not pay out the refund. So um, there is that time frame, time limit. All right. Well, I want to shift gears here because in the last three or four weeks, all the clients that Matt and Dave and I are seeing, we get the same question. And the question is, what's going to happen after the election? And I would dare say you're probably getting some of those same questions. So without really talking about either party, uh, any uh, rules of thumb or good advice for people to be preparing for the election, either way it goes. Well, currently the tax law is in effect until 2026. That's when the, the new tax law reverts back to the tax law as of 2017 and, and prior. Now, with the election results, I do not know what would have to take place for that law to change before then. So, you know, right now, yes, we're, we're good through for sure 2020, 2021. And like I say, I don't know what, what government um, events would have to happen to change that tax law. Well, we've heard one of the candidates uh, say that, you know, if you I get elected, your taxes are going to go up. 
So I'm assuming they could change that. Congress could vote on it. And they could change that and revert it back up. We're, I was reading some stuff this morning about a state tax. So can you help us clarify what is a state tax? You know, we, we hear you can have like $11 million, but it could change to something different than that. What is a state tax? Okay, so a state tax, when someone passes away with the value of their estate. So if right now, if it's over $11 million, there is a, an estate tax return that needs to be filed. I'm not sure what the percent rate is on that right now. Um, 2026, it reverts back to the 5.6 million. So on the estate tax, if it's in 2026, 20, it lowers to 5.6. Yes. That's in half of mm -hmm. what it is today. Right. So if you're listening to this and you're in that situation, number one, congratulations. Number two, then you need to be making some plans on to, to mitigate some of those taxes. Yes. And one of those things they could do is gifting. Yes. So what are the gifting rules? So gifting rules are you can gift, any individual can gift another individual up to $15,000 without having to file a gift tax return. If you gift any individual more than $15,000, you are supposed to file a gift tax return. The giftor files the return, not the giftee. So the giftee, the recipient of the gift, it's just a, a gift to them. It's not included in their income. It's just an outright gift. The um, person who gives the gift files the gift tax return. It lowers their estate tax limit. Okay. And, and if it's not more than the 15000 they don't need to file anything? Is that correct? That is correct. And they can give it to anybody. They don't have to be blood-related or anything yeah. like that. And so for a couple... If they want to do, they could do 15000 each to an individual for a total of $30,000 a yes. year. Mm -hmm. So if, if your estate is going to be that large and you're find, looking for ways to lower that estate, there's a good way to kind of give away money before you get to that point. Same vein we're talking about there, Melissa. I've been reading things about one of the candidates wants to do away with a step-up um, after someone passes away. Can you explain what step-up means on a, on a death of someone. So step up usually relates to property. So say, Mike, you bought a house for $50,000 and then you pass away and the person inherits that house, but it's now worth $200,000. So if you had sold that house before you passed away, you would have a basis of 50,000 and a sales price of 200,000. So you would have capital gain of 150,000. But say you hang on to it and don't sell it, and then your son inherits it. So even though you paid $50,000 for it, he gets the step up in basis to the value on date of death. So it was worth $200,000 on date of death. So his basis is now $200,000. He can then sell it for $200,000 and pay no capital gain. So versus paying capital gains on $150,000 when I'm alive, if I leave it to him, he gets it at two hundred thousand. He can sell it immediately and pay zero tax. That is correct. And so, then that goes for uh, stocks. That goes for real estate. Anything. So, if if you have highly appreciated yes. stock or highly appreciated real estate, and you're thinking, "Well, I want to give this to my heirs," uh, the advice would be not to do that. Uh, leave it to them because then they get that step up and pay less tax. Yes. All right. 
along the same lines of lowering your estate and doing tax efficient things, there's this thing called a qualified charitable distribution. So if I'm in retirement and I'm 70 and a half and I've got uh, money that I put into a 401k or an IRA and I'm having to, I'm taking money out and every time I take it out, I got to pay tax on it. And then I'm taking that money out and I'm giving it to a charity, my church or whatever. Is there a more efficient way to do that? And the answer is yes. It's called a QCD. Can you explain what that is? Okay. A qualified charitable distribution is a trustee to trustee transfer. So Mike would take funds from your IRA and give them directly to a nonprofit, the 501c3 of your choice. Now, normally, if you give a cash contribution to a charity, it's part of the itemized deductions. It's reported on a Schedule A if you itemize. Now, a qualified charitable distribution is, it reduces the taxable amount of the IRA distribution. So it's an above the line deduction in, in, in taxable income. So, and you still can take the standard deduction if you don't itemize. So it's, it's a great tax savings tool to reduce your taxable income by making the charitable um, distribution. The rules are you gotta be 70 and a half to yes, do it. Yep. And you have to have an IRA or 401k, mm-hmm. some kind of a tax yes. deferred account. And you simply say, send X amount, $5,000 from my IRA to my charity. The charity owes no tax, correct? And I would owe no tax on that. So it is a very tax efficient way to go ahead and give. If people are giving anyway, this way you just don't have to pay any tax on it. That sounds almost too good to be true. Uh, Okay. A couple things going on with COVID-19. Yes. People have been able to withdraw money from their 401ks or IRAs and pay no penalty if they're under 59 and a half. But they also have the option to put that money back in. How does that work? Well, and also, if you if you read about it, it is supposed to be COVID-related. So, you know, how they determine what's COVID-related and not on the 401k distributions, you know, that is probably still up in the air. Um, but, yes, you take it out, you just avoid the penalty. The 10% penalty. Yeah, the 10% okay. early withdrawal You still have to pay the income tax Yes, you still have to pay income tax on it. Okay. And we don't normally recommend anybody take money out of their 401k, but we've had a few folks that, you know, ask about it. Uh, and since they can put it back in, but we, we, we would make that a last resort. But that is available. Okay. All right. Uh, we're, we're getting close to running out of time. We have so much to talk about because financial advising and taxes are, you know, a brother and sister just about. Uh, Roth conversions. Yes. Um, we mentioned the taxes are going to go up in 2026 based off of what the current law. So right now, uh, what would you suggest? Well, I'm just go ahead and say it. We know what you suggest because we send people to you all the time. We're recommending Roth conversions to get in this lower tax bracket right now. And we send them to you to make sure that what our numbers look right. And you kind of advise them on how to strategize, how to do that in a tax efficient manner. What would you tell people about Roth conversions now? Okay, Roth conversions, um, it's a great tool, one, for retirement. Roth grows tax-free. When you take it out, it's tax-free. It's not deductible. It's another great benefit of a Roth. When your children inherit your Roth, they don't pay tax on it. 
also you aren't there are no required minimum distributions in a Roth IRA. So you can just leave it sitting in in the account and grow and grow and grow and then your children inherit it tax free. Um yes, Roth conversions now if you were to convert from a traditional IRA into a Roth, you would pay tax on the amount converted. Tax rates are low right now compared to the tax rates from 2017. So if you are considering a Roth conversion, definitely get with an accountant for some tax planning to know what tax bracket you would be put into if you took a large amount out because you will be taxed on it in the year you do the conversion. And there's a couple other things to be aware of too. I mean, if you're taking Medicare, if you're on Medicare, and you do a large uh, conversion, you could potentially cost you more in Medicare premiums. So you, you really need to talk to an accountant, a uh, financial advisor, someone to kind of run the numbers for you. Uh, but now is a great time to do it. We are highly recommending Roth conversions in the right situation. Yes. All right. So Melissa, uh, people say, you know what? I need to go talk to her. I've been had these questions about these taxes. I need to speak to her. So how do people get in touch with you and what can they expect when they first visit with you? Okay. Um, on our website, which is birdandmassey.com, there's a place you can schedule an appointment. So we have our calendar on our website. You can just click on it, schedule your own appointment. Or you can call our office, 479-876-5599, and um, schedule an appointment that way. With our tax clients, we, we have a, a, just a free first meeting where we get to know each other to see if we're a good fit with each other, review um, the previous year's tax return that's been filed, look over it. You know, when we see something there, we'll just mention a few, you know, strategies if we see anything just, off, you know, from that first meeting. And then um, we can just, we go from there. For tax individual tax returns, we just schedule an appointment between February and April and go over your tax documents and, and prepare tax returns. So you make it pretty simple. You can actually make an appointment on Bird and Massey. That's B-Y-R-D and Massey. Um, and we'll have that in the show notes and we'll have a link to this podcast. And, and so you make the appointment online, you come in, you sit down and y'all got a nice little white dog in the office mm -hmm. building that yes. greets you. Uh, and so it's, it's very relaxed. There's no high pressure or anything like that. And do you recommend people to come in before year end to maybe do whatever we need to do, like you may make a contribution before the year end, or do you want them to wait till February to contact you? The benefit of coming in before year end is one, we always ask to look at withholding on W-2 income. The tax tables have changed. They're, they've changed to withhold less, and they're, they're sometimes are surprises. When um, when you prepare the tax return, so if you come in before the end of the year, we can take a look at it, make sure the withholding is the right percentage, and make adjustments if needed be. And then yes, the um, contribution planning. And so making an appointment like between now and the end of the year would be smart, and just to do the things you can't do in February that you can do this year to affect your 2020 taxes. 
Wow, we're already out of time, and there's so many more questions to ask. So if you have questions for Melissa or for us here at Mach 1, please submit them. Uh, Natalie, can you tell the folks how to submit questions or how to get in touch with us? Yes. So if you have any questions for our podcast, if you'll email podcast at mock-onefinancial.com, we would be happy to answer them here on the show, uh, as well as you can go to our website, mock-onefinancial.com. You go to the podcast tab. There is a form you can fill out there to submit questions. Thank you, Natalie. We couldn't do without Natalie. She makes us look good on the podcast. All right. So uh, lots of information here. You might want to rewind this and like, what did she say on that Roth conversion? Uh, lots of details. So highly recommend Melissa and her firm up there to work on your taxes, uh, advise you on Roth conversions, how to uh, donate tax efficiently via QCDs. Uh, so, Melissa, thank you so much for taking out time out of your busy day to join us. Thank you for uh, having me. We're glad you're here. We're glad to work with you, and we're glad to refer people to you uh, because we know they're going to be well taken care of with you. All right. So, folks, Natalie's already shared with you how to submit questions. We love to get your questions. We'll get those, and we'll answer them on the air here or send you an email. Uh, upcoming podcast, like we mentioned, we have someone with a mortgage broker is going to join us. We've got some other guests lined up. Matt, you have any parting thoughts? No. I, I didn't have much to say today. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. You're always there for hey, us. Hey, I'm here for moral support. <laughs> Natalie, we appreciate you for doing the podcast here and uh, making us, again, look good and taking care of all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, it looks like Natalie wants to make a comment, so we'll let her jump on here. No, I was just going to say that Matt was just soaking it all in. He, he needs to go to his taxes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, again, well, Melissa, thank you again. And we have a parting thought, and uh, I think Mel Melissa's alluded to this. And this is by Red Adair. It says, if you think it's expensive to hire a professional to do the job, wait until you hire an amateur. All right, folks, that's it for today. Thank you for tuning in to listen to the Mach 1 Market Moment. Mach 1 Financial Group, Inc. Mach 1 is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular skill level or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit www.mach-1financial.com disclosures.